Welcome to the Warrior Goddess Revolution, a podcast dedicated to helping you get free, free of shame, free of fear, free of limitations, and free to become the woman you are meant to be. Let the inner revolution begin. Here's your host, Heather Ash Amara. Welcome back, everyone, to Warrior Goddess Revolution. I'm so excited to share my dear friend Kelly McNellis with you from her new magical place up in the Pacific Northwest. And I'm going to read, usually I just say, introduce yourself, but I want to read Kelly's bio before I bring her on because it's so beautiful. Throughout Kelly's life, she's worn lots of different hats. She's worked in boardrooms and ashrams. She's blended two families and six children. She's brought women from more than 50 countries together in my passion, in her story, passion for truth-telling and uplifting women's voices. She's a devoted mom, wife, friend, mentor, best-selling author, and businesswoman who knows that putting on your own oxygen mask is the best way you can model what it means to take care of yourself and others. These experiences are all part of her, the good, the bad, and everything in between. She's messy, genuine, and perfectly imperfect. I love Kelly so much. We were introduced by a mutual friend who just said to me, you got to go check Kelly's website out, Women for One. And I remember looking at it going, who is this woman? And I'm so grateful we've had times, you know, we've had so many times uh, on the phone, online, but also that we got to meet in person, which, yeah, it does feel like 20 years ago, and it was probably a couple years ago, <laughs> pre-COVID. So welcome, Kelly. Yay! Thank you so much. I'm so honored to be here with you. You've been such a mentor to me and so many women. Yeah, I'm so grateful for our connection and to get to share mm. you. And so let's jump in around. You started this huge website hub of love for women around the world that grew and grew and grew and I know is continuing to grow and once the pandemic hit all of us have been kind of scrambling of like is this really what I want to keep doing where do I put my energy and so how are you balancing your family your your business and your love and your own personal world you know, I love that, that balance word, right? It's such an interesting word because I feel like, you know, my whole life I'm a, a Libra sun sign, right? So it's all about balance for me. But um, for me, I would say that balance really comes into checking in with myself daily and then weekly, monthly, annually in these spaces of presence where I can say, what is it that I need right now? And that's kind of where I am with the balance piece, if that makes sense. So there's so much going on. You know, I've written a book about the messiness of the, of the world. So there's no one size fits all. How do I balance things? It's what's up for me right now. What do I need to take care of in my, like in my Dharma and my life, but also what brings me joy and passion. And so constantly checking in with, with myself about that is really how I try to achieve the best balance I can in this crazy, messy world right now. <laughs> it's definitely a dance right now. It's a dance. It really is every day. It's, it's intense. And so I feel like, you know, with my work every several years, I've, I've been doing women for one for 10 years now. We have hundreds and hundreds of truth tellers and so much content and so many much information to have women 
you know, speak their truth, find their voice, state their needs, you know, share their stories. And yet, you know, about a year and a half ago or two years ago, I shared with you, I was feeling like it's, it's time to move on. I was feeling this nudge. I don't know what it is. And the pandemic kind of put a pause on it for me to be able to go in also with my own life, my own health issues and my family and everything we moved. It's just, you know, a normal life for most people, right? We have a lot of challenges. And so right now I'm kind of sitting in a space of allowing it to be what it is and really saying yes and no to what I want to do from that intuitive space. Like that's a yes. Yes. That's what I want to do. And if it's a definite no, not saying yes, just to take care of someone or a friend or a colleague or to, to do something. So that's kind of where I am right now, Heather Ash. Beautiful. And your journey to become for yourself to become a truth teller and then to invite other mm-hmm. women to become truth teller, can, truth tellers. Can you share the seeds of what, where you started in your relationship with your voice? Oh, yes, and the journey that you've been on. It just brings me to tears. And that was a beautiful way to ask that because, you know, my voice came from the space of feeling like my voice was shut down by my sexual abuse. And it was literally shut down with the physical abuse that I had from my father. Um, and I, I actually forgot about my abuse and I repressed it. So I'm in my mid fifties now, almost not quite. <laughs> And um, in my um, mid-30s, I started having memories coming back. And I was trying to live this life when I was that age that was the perfect life because I hadn't had the perfect life, which I'm doing air quotes, perfect life, whatever that means, Um, because that doesn't happen. And when you're on that road of trying to get it right and do what you had, give yourself what you didn't have in the past, but going against it so forcefully instead of checking in with yourself, it's it's a train wreck. And so I, I created a train wreck. I got divorced, I had three little children. I knew intuitively that I wasn't in the right space at the right time with my, my ex-husband and where I was in my life, but I didn't know why my voice was shut down. I didn't understand what had happened to me. So through a lot of process, a lot of work, a lot of self-introspection, a lot of support from others, from therapists and um, real introspection, I found my voice slowly, but surely it took years and years of figuring that out and being committed to it and following my inner voice, following my intuition is, you know, as I've told you before, I feel like your inner voice is that radio signal. And once you start getting attuned to it, you hear it more and more. And I kept more and more following and agreeing, going, oh, what did that, what did that little nudge say? Yes, yes, go there. And so the more I did that in my life, the more I heard it and the louder it got and the more aligned I got with my integrity and what I really wanted to do to discover my voice. If that makes sense. Absolutely. And I think that mm-hmm. piece that you shared that it was a journey. Sometimes people think like, oh, well, I'll just find my voice and I'll get to my intuition and then I'll be done. But that place of, it can take years of listening and and ascertaining what's actually my intuition. What is that little nudge voice versus what's a, an old structure and agreement or my fear? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like, sometimes I'd be like, is that, is that someone telling me like, is that not me? Is that my voice? I mean, I, I used to question it 
right? A lot of us do. What is that nudge? But I feel like the nudges are the quiet, it's okay, as I was sharing with you earlier, it's okay, honey. It's a soft voice. It's not a do this now, or you can't do that. That's fear, right? It was very soft and very like, you got this. It's like my own little mother or cheerleader that I created for myself inside. (laughs) And how would you say that you created that for yourself? Through listening, through Through taking different actions? Through tuning in and getting quiet, and still, and putting myself first, you know, I think a lot of us as mothers, as partners, as businesswomen, we're always, you know, the nurturers and the caretakers trying to give others who they are, you know, what a piece of us. But if we can just go, wait a minute, stop. I I would actually hear the word stop, stop, breathe, (laughs) check in. And I still have to do it, right? It's like, you know, it's a constant reminder. I'm still doing it to this day stop and and forgiving myself for not getting it right forgiving myself for when i would get off track and allowing myself to gently come back i find a lot of us just beat ourselves up too much and we need to really have that self nurturing and forgiveness when we do feel like we're going off track whether it be listening to our own voice whether it be not eating the right things or not doing the right things it's like give yourself a break. That's that, that helped me a lot. And so many women that I talk to that are mothers, especially are so guilty around their relationship with their kids. Like every mom, I don't think I've met a mom yet that was like, I have, you know, I have no guilt around my kids and how (laughs) I raised them or who they are now. Or, um, so any advice you have around that for mamas that are struggling Mm. either with grown kids or with young ones? I love that you asked that because two things came to mind. One is one of my dearest mentors and my friend, she's this 80 year old woman. That's like a mother to me. And she's been my spiritual teacher. And I remember when I was going through the divorce and I was in a heal, an earth energy healing school and I was sitting there in process and I was wanting to leave my husband because I was so unhappy. And I was like, but I'm really afraid I'm going to, screw up my kids. I said it, fuck up my kids, but <laughs> screw up. and she's like, Oh honey, you already have. It's okay. It, it's okay. Because that's their journey. So, you know, like, don't save for college, save for therapy. And I just laughed, but she made it light. But she also said, yes, we all have our wounds. We come in with them to learn. We, we go through life and you have to let it go. And know like my Angela said truth teller you know you do the best you can when you know may I look back to some of the things I did you know to my oldest who's 26 now who I have an adult loving relationship with now when he was younger and I I saw him at four and I thought he was like a 30 year old I was like you need to help me with this and and, and I think about it and guilt right like you said going back to that guilt word now I'm like you know what that's I knew I didn't know any better then Right. And now I, it's not even making amends now, you know, he, he's created who he is and I can be present for him as a mother now. And the other thing I learned is now that I have a 26 year old, a 23 year old and a 21 year old, and I have three stepchildren, same age, I'm still a mom. I thought it was going to be over. (laughs) It never ends and it's beautiful and it's tough 
And I don't think, I didn't understand that parenting didn't end when they were 18 or 21. I don't know where I was in my head about that, but you just, you get to keep being parenting and getting better at it and making up for what you don't feel bad, what you feel bad about, but, but there's no making up for anything. It's just allowing to be what is and moving forward with the relationship as it is now. Beautiful. And that mm. messiness that you talk about in writing out <laughs> so perfectly is is so true that if we had known better at the time, we would have done better. Mm-hmm. How could we how could we have done anything different? And to have that compassion and that tenderness with each, ourselves and to learn and to learn. And so Yes. Learn from it and still be forgive yourself. It's okay. You know, your parents weren't perfect to you either. It's so it's really Okay. And I also think we need to honor the fact that our children are human, these powerful human beings that come onto this earth to be our teachers as well. And they have a strong resilience. So the guilt almost like demeans their power in a way. Like, you know, you don't have all the power with these, these human beings that have come to you for a specific amount of time. They're, they're their own selves. I mean, I have three children Raised similarly, they are as different as night and day. So I think it's really important to remember that you have a part, but you are just their guide and a familial connection. You are not them. And I think a lot of mothers go, oh, my child, you know, and define themselves by how their children, you know, ended up. And it's just, it's not, it's not true. They come in so differently. (laughs) So differently. Yes. yes. And that's the fun thing too, is getting to, to learn each of them differently. And I, I would imagine as adults, that continues as well. Um, it does. And it's, with it's them as individuals. The, yes. It's kind of, it's really fun to have an adult relationship. And I also realize that, you know, in my book, I talk about the power of choice. They all have choices and they're making these conscious or unconscious choices to, on their path. And you have to just kind of be there to guide them as much as possible. And what you said before around that your actions with them, like they come in with their own stuff and that the guilt or the like trying to control or whatever, you didn't say that, but I, that's what I think about when Mm -hmm. I think about relationships is the places that we want to control or that we want to, you know, force them to be in a particular way or have a particular experience. And it's so similar to in all of our relationships that so often, especially as women, whether it's with our children, with our parents, with our friends, with our bosses, that there's this innate domestication around caretaking and worrying about what are they going to think? How is this going to impact? And I had a friend one day, I was talking about caretaking or something, and, and they said, do you realize how personally, well, how much personal importance that is? That you it's think true. that your action is like going to ruin their life or like going to... Yes! Right. Or impact it either way. And I think I learned that more with my stepchildren than my own children. I'm thinking I'm a little too close to my own children, you know, sometimes, but my stepchildren, it's like, you know, I have my own independent relationship with, they, they have a choice whether they have to be in my life or not. They're adults now. And so I, and they're so different. I think the DNA really makes a difference and the way they were raised by their mother and their father And then my children, they're like night and day. So I have learned a lot from my stepchildren to realize like my way is not the right way. My way is not the highway. And, and 
the way they experience the world is so different and unique to the way my children and I experience the world. And it's not better or worse. It's just different. It's been such a great lesson for me, Heather. It's been incredible to experience that. I can't even put it into words what that's like to, to not always put my own belief system, my own view and perspective of the way I think people should or children should be by watching my stepchildren because they're incredible human beings and they're very unique and different than my children. So powerful to have that mm-hmm. experience and be able to, to step back and realize, because I think most, that's where most conflict comes from in families. And I think in life is people like my view is the only way I know what's right for you. And let me now tell you and f- try and make this happen. And to have the wisdom and the maturity, because I do think it's a maturity um, Mm -hmm. and doing the tremendous amount of work that you've done to be able to step back and go, okay, wait a minute. They have a different point of view. And Mm -hmm. all of us do, all of us do as humans and some very, very different and some closer to us. And I think that's one of the things that we're navigating right now as humans is that it's nice to have comfortable, like our little bubble of these are all the people that think the same way that I do. And it feels good. And we all agree with each other and there's no conflict. And I see this so often in the spiritual communities of like, if there's conflict, something's wrong or in a healing setting. Yes. And it's messy. And so I keep reminding <laughs> people of like, especially when you start bringing more and more diverse people together, which is brilliant and beautiful and it's messy. And I think that brilliant and the messy, your messy brilliance, my book. I mean, I think that word brilliant is true. It's not bad. I I love when people can actually get together and disagree and be respectful and mature about it. we learn so much, you know, instead of the collusion sometimes that happens. And it doesn't always, sometimes it's all good and happy, but sometimes the collusion that happens when everybody agrees, because what I'm realizing, I mean, even with the political scene right now, it's like, there are no Democrats and Republicans anymore, which it's blown the system up on some level. There are people with belief systems. And it's been, I think, incredible in that way that it's blown everything up, if that makes sense, where people aren't like identifying with either. They're identifying with their belief system. I love that. And that we continue to take that personal responsibility. And that's happening at a bigger level too of, you know, I know that you lived in an ashram for, and we're involved in that world. And there's like mm-hmm. in the seventies and probably early eighties, there was a lot of movement, sixties, seventies, eighties of people looking for the guru, looking for the leader, looking for the, and that in all, whether it's Catholicism, Hinduism, Buddhism, that there was this, this person's divine. I'm less than, let me give my power over to this person and how they can be the, the intermediary to God. Right. And yet so much damage has happened, so much abuse. So there's beauty. I mean, I still have people that I like revere as wise, wise beings. And there's also an awareness that when you bring a group of community together and you give one person power, there's problems that happen. (laughs) There are. There are. And there's always darkness, right? There's always darkness with light. I mean, I even remember walking with my guru. I was, I was the one that would get up and walk with her and I'd walk with her. And one day we saw this guy and he was kind of doing some crazy stuff. And she said, Oh, there's, there's the cuckoo over there. And I was like, she's, you know, I was 20, right? She's like, and, and, um, 
she said every every community, every place, every part of this world will have darkness, Kelly. And so I learned a lot of lessons from her. She wasn't, she was, she didn't have blinders on. I mean, she still accepted the guru role, but yet she saw and she was pointing out there's darkness everywhere. We have to accept that and accept our own darkness. That's a big one for me, really looking at that so that we can transform that, you know? And how do we accept our darkness? How do we see the parts of us that are dark without then going into the judgment and the blame and the shame? So I think that's where people get stuck so often is they spend years not looking at the darkness, just looking at the light or pretending there's no darkness. And then I see a lot of people then go into the darkness and start punishing themselves, drowning in it. I'm the only one that has this much darkness. Mm. Well, I think the first thing you said is you said, how do people do this? And I, I love that question. Cause then you said by going into the blame and the shame and the judgment, that is the darkness. That's my, you know, that, that is the darkness. So when we're there, we are in our darkness and we all have it. And I believe if we can't accept that peace in ourselves, if we can't just, for, it's not even about forgiveness. It's having an awareness of it, right? When I know I'm judging or I'm in my mask, I call it because I've studied core energetics. When I, when I know I'm in blame or judgment of anyone, I go, oh, there I go again. Cause it's my personality. I'm doing it again. Damn. Oh. And then I go, you know what? I'm human. And I, I allow for it to just be, I witness it. I have an awareness of it. And then, uh, you know, I was taught these steps of change by one of my teachers. And it's like, you get to the place where now you can make a choice to go and put it down. Eventually in these steps of change, you have completely unconscious of it. Then you kind of get awareness of it. Then you're doing it and you can't stop where you're in your darkness and, and you're in judgment, you're in blame, you're in that place. And then you go, Oh, wow, there it is. It's not going to control me. I'm going to make a choice this time. And then at some point that little piece, whether it be some kind of judgment on someone else or yourself, it doesn't even come up in your consciousness anymore. And I practiced it and it's been such an incredible practice. It's a small practice around darkness, you know, because there's so many pieces of darkness, but that little piece is a great piece to start with. That Does that make sense to you? Yeah, that place of it's starting small. to witness. Yeah, the small like witness. Oh, judgment is arising. Mm -hmm. Pause. Or anything. Blame. Or anything. Yeah, blame, shame. Hate, every shame, you know, but I think getting lost in that space, you know, how, I don't, that's a great question. There's so many practices on how you can, move forward from that. I'm still working it to this day, but being present with what is, is where I'm starting right now and allowing for it to come up, to alchemize it. You know, you have your fireworks. I mean, you're just releasing it as much as possible, but also not judging the darkness. It's like, don't judge it. Just know it's messy. It's messy. <laughs> and I found this, this place of, of learning for all of us to learn how, and this has been so cathartic for me, to notice when I'm distracting, when I'm disassociating, when I'm going into story in my head and I'm like way down the line to be able to stop <laughs> and just come back to be like, hi, sweetheart, what are you feeling? What are you feeling right now? And to not then tell myself the story about what I'm feeling, but to let myself have total, absolute permission to feel whatever I'm feeling. 
Okay, I've got a great story for you on that. That's so great. So I, I learned a lot about myself the other day. I was with a group of uh, dear friends and we were sitting on my deck on the lake. I'm enjoying the eagles flying by. I'm like in gratitude. And a, a woman has had, a, a friend of mine has had a challenge with a, a partner for many years. And she goes into story about it a lot. Every time I'm with her, she's struggling. And you know what? The judgment came up on my level, like, why can't she get this? And then I said in my head, well, there's lots of things you can't get, Kelly. <laughs> you know, can you hold presence, right? So we're all sitting around and I walked inside to take a break from it because she was storytelling. And storytelling to me is staying in your head, not dropping down into your heart. A lot of us, I've done it. I, I, I'm very guilty of it. But really, you know, at Women for One, I ask women to like check in to when they're sharing their story, the lesson they're learning or what they're feeling and where they're, how they're processing, instead of just going, I went here and then this happened and then this happened, that's storytelling. And a lot of us are afraid of going there. I am, I know, I have been in my life. So the other night, sitting there listening, I walk inside to take a deep breath and break. And I came back out and I sat next to my friend after I kind of witnessed that I was in judgment of her not getting it and really moving forward. And I put my hand on her heart and I put my hand on the back of her heart and I just looked into her eyes and I said, Oh, sweetie, can you come into your heart? Can you, can you come down from your head into your heart? How do you feel in this moment? And what was so beautiful about it was I let go of my judgment. I held presence. The other women all teared up because we all had this covenant. Like we were all supporting her. And she came into her heart and shared what she really needed. And it was, you know, if we could all do that for each other. And I'm, I'm saying that was a big one for me because I was frustrated for a long time. And I thought, you know, all we have to do is get present and go into that space. And when you said that, it reminded me of that story. It was such a learning beautiful. for me. Yeah, beautiful story. And to take that pause and to... To, to stop and go, okay, yeah, I do stuff like this too. Or I have done stuff like this. That for me often will shatter things where I'm like, mm -hmm. I'm separate from them. They're doing this thing. I don't like it. Why are they doing it? And then I'll pause and be like, have you ever oh. done anything like that before? It's the answer is always. Yes. Always. Always. Yes. And that then brings us back into the heart of like, Oh, I remember that. That's hard. Oh, I love that story. And it's so true in this place of the difference between storytelling and truth telling that what I see yeah. is that there's a layer of like when we tell the story and we're, we're through the story and we're now telling the story as a lesson, as a guide, as like, this is my experience. And there's yes. the, the magic of like the, the, the gratitude or the lesson or the gift of that experience, that type of storytelling is so powerful. And that's really truth telling if I think about it. Me too. There's, yes, a, there's exactly. a movement versus the storytelling of like, I'm in quicksand, I'm drowning, I'm in my head, I'm not experiencing this. Or I'm presenting to people. It feels like a business presentation. I've, I've experienced that one too. Like, and then this happened. And then, well, he did this and wanting everyone to be upset with him. Or, you know, your partner or someone, you know, it's, it's, it's not about the other person. It's about your experience with what's going on. It's big. It's big. And this, the gentle, loving invitation to come present. That, because what I hear is that you got vulnerable. Mm -hmm. And you then invited her to get vulnerable. Mm -hmm. And because she felt supported, 
people don't get vulnerable if they feel like they're being judged. Right. And so why I removed myself from that, that circle is I was in judgment and I was blocking, even though people couldn't feel the energy, I knew I was blocking it. So I got up, went inside, took a deep breath and went, okay, how can I best support this? Because sitting there getting frustrated is not supporting my dear friend who is suffering right now. This is, this is an issue for her. Right. And that's what felt good to finally be able even if you can't move into the next space to be able to remove yourself, I think it's an awareness if you're in that step. The, and I talk about those baby steps a lot in my work. It's like, got to take baby steps and forgive ourselves. <laughs> we really do. We can't just all of a sudden move a hundred steps forward and feel like, you know, or look at someone like you, Heather Ash, or other people that are really... <sighs> growing and leading and, and doing all these things and go, Oh, I could never be like them. Right. That's self-judgment. That's not baby steps for giving ourselves and putting, having that pat on the back to ourselves. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I always remind myself and remind others that this place of where we compare ourselves and judge ourselves against other women, other humans. Mm -hmm. And I still catch myself where there'll be something that I'm really, I love this person and I'll be watching their, their videos or watching their feed or like checking in mm -hmm. with them and being like so happy. And it's hilarious to me because I'll be like inspired, inspired, inspired. And then this little voice will be come in. How come you're not doing it like them? They're doing it so much better than you are. And it'll just sit there and just pick away. And I don't notice it at first. It'll just pick and pick and pick. And then, you know, an hour later, I'm judging myself. I'm feeling bad about myself. Why am I not more like this person? And I have to like scan back and go, oh, right. The little judge got its little pick out and started picking until it got me. Yeah. And then I have to laugh. Too. Yeah. I do. Well, it's kind of nice. Maybe it's because we're in our 50s. I laugh at that now, which, you know, my 40s, I'm like, what's wrong with me? You know, <laughs> Just, you know now I'm, I do. I can laugh. Mm hmm. Yeah. And it's so, it's so important. Like, okay. How do we teach people in their twenties to do that? So they don't have to wait till oh. they're in their fifties. Cause there is something uh, definitely around hitting your fifties that you're like, I don't care anymore. Like, I don't care I if, you like me, if you don't like me, whatever. It's all there good. is It's so interesting. But my daughter is very self-assured who she is. And people will say that to me, like my friends or people that meet her that, that like, wow, she really stands for what she believes in. I'm like, okay, good. <laughs> like something. <laughs> yes. Because it, there is a place where we do teach our children on some level uh, and they, I, we want them to, to grow faster than us and Absolutely. have that joy sooner than sitting around in self-judgment. Absolutely. That's what I was just laughing about. I'm like, maybe Kelly, we're just slow learners. It's not. <laughs> <laughs> And everyone previous to like, may everyone else be faster learners. May we help to create yes. faster learners, right? I, know. <laughs> I really, I mean, gosh, I just want to go, oh, honey, just enjoy your life. Like really, you know, just enjoy it. And I, you know, I did want to talk about that. I really feel like I'm moving into, I don't want to age myself, but I feel like I'm moving into that cronehood space and I love it. I am really starting to embrace the cronehood. It's a new space for me. Um, it's, it's a beautiful space to allow myself to be who I am in non-judgment as, I mean, as much as possible. Like you said, you still kind of have those things, but it's, it's been an incredible space. It's, it is such a beautiful space. And I'm so grateful that we live in a time where, cause for so many centuries, I was going to say, but definitely for so many decades, 
older women have been very villainized in a lot of ways and also mm -hmm. invis made invisible. And there's been a hurt around that of, of becoming mm -hmm. suddenly becoming invisible and you're only valuable if you're young, if you're fertile, if you're, you're giving back in some way. And I feel like because there's so many older women now and older humans, <laughs> yay! Yeah! we live in this great time where we're going, okay, wait a minute. Yeah. There's incredible value and there's incredible value and there's gifts that we bring back. And that's like the research is starting to find that now, of course, as well. It's awesome. Because I think, you know, not to honor, not honor the, what do they have? The maiden, they have the maiden, the crone and who's in the middle. I've already forgotten it. Cause I'm just mother. moving out of it. The mother, <laughs> of course. How did yeah, I forget that the mother? Um, yeah. And, and I have a lot of maidens in my life now that are very dear friends to me. Not, not that I'm the mentor to, I mean, they look to me sometimes at that, but it's wonderful how that multi-generational connection, I think it's really valuable and important for women to do that. I so agree. And to also not to do the thing. So I've been talking with women about this of like, oh, I'm an elder. Therefore I know more than <sighs> you do. To yeah. really understand the young ones or, you know, the ones that are younger than us that are coming in with great wisdom and the, that friendship like you're talking about, mm -hmm. especially I think between the maiden and the crone is really mm -hmm. powerful. Really, It's really awesome. Powerful. And a lot of times we're like, well, tell me what you think. And I'm like, honey, I don't really know. I'm just here to hold space for you. <laughs> I mean, I'm doing the best I can, but there's a lot of times you can sit in the unknown and that's, that's a beautiful space as well to not have all the answers really important space mm -hmm. being in the unknown and being able to say i don't know to yourself <laughs> and to others and i think especially with the year we've just had oh yes yeah yes and i mean speaking of that so i'm really you know what i wanted to talk to you about is this emerging from this year it's uh it's a really incredible space. I, I did all these little personality tests in the last couple of years and I'm an extroverted introvert. So I love my women. And then I am like, okay. And then I go in, I'm an introvert that way. And, and so I, I have really, I've enjoyed not having to be out as much because I'm a natural caretaker and a nurturer. And I'm feeling the pull now of us starting to emerge and come out. So I'm like, okay, how do I want to emerge in a more clear, conscious, present way for myself, for my family, for my life. And I think there's a lot of women that have been speaking to me about that as well. So that I'm creating this group, Chrysalis, you know, thinking of the cocoon and the butterfly because of that, because I think it's so important that we as women have the tools and the, the support to be able to go, okay, how do we want to come out into the world now? Because I mean, have you felt like you've circled up a lot? Yeah, there's been, I mean, I'm doing so much more alone time, which has been so mm -hmm. good for me and spending time out on the land. And I have had the same thing. I'm like, how much do I want to go out? <laughs> like, I love it when I'm traveling. I love meeting people. I love being in the world. And what's the the right balance for me now? And to let it be different, to not go back into the old patterns. Yes. And I feel the old patterns coming and I'm like, oh, wait a minute. I, I can feel them in me. And coming from others, both. And so I'm looking at that going, yeah, I don't need to do that now. I feel, I like wearing my sweatshirt and sweatpants. <laughs> relaxed and not having to go out into the world. <laughs> you know, I enjoy the time at home with my husband and my family. 
as much as it's been hard for a lot of us, I mean, we've had a lot of loss and a lot of tension and intensity, yet there has been a lot of gifts for me I've seen in just being with myself and my my loved ones. I think that there's a way that as we we root into ourselves more deeply and we root into the earth and like take those moments of getting quiet, what do I actually want and hold that, that we can make better choices and make better boundaries. And that yes. the boundaries are coming from love of ourselves, love of how we want to be in the world and how we want to be in relationship to ourselves and where we want to put our energy. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. I just had something happen yesterday where I got asked to do something that's not aligned with what I want to do. And I said, yes. And I was like, I fell asleep last night going, my mind was racing about it going, okay, I have to do that. I can fit it in here. And I was like, stop. And I took a deep breath and I heard this sweet voice go, honey, you don't, you don't have to do that. So I woke up and I, I, I called the woman and said, I, you know, I, I want to support you yet. This isn't aligned with me. It felt so clean. It's still hard for me. I think it's hard for a lot of women, a lot of people, but it, it felt clean to say no. I feel like that's how we learn how to say no, is that when you realize it's a no, that you go back and go, you know what? This is actually a no. Mm-hmm. As soon as you can, if you're able to. As soon to, as you can. As soon mm-hmm. as you can. And that from my experience, what happens is because I'm going back and saying no, there's a part of me that's like, okay, I don't want to do that again. Cause that is so uncomfortable to say yes. And then say no, I'd rather say no in the beginning. Yes. Right? Or let me think about it or anything, you know, and just day. I have to talk to my business man, you know, like anything. Something, anything. And this is for anything in your life. And it's like, I was like, yes. And she wrote back because uh, I left her a message said, look, we had a long time figuring out how to talk. I don't want to leave, but I want to talk to you live. I didn't want to email you this, but I'm leaving this voicemail so you know right now and let's talk and I'm committed to supporting you. And she texted me and said, let's talk this week. I totally honor you. And it was really nice to have that honoring of a choice. And that doesn't always happen. Yet you have to feel good about the no. All of us has to. <laughs> and choices, right? Where we want to go. Yes. Yeah. And learning. I had a similar thing over the Equinox. <laughs> everybody wanted, like, I had four events happening simultaneously online over the Equinox. It was ridiculous. And the last one came in and I got this invitation to do an online event, huge platform, a lot of reach. Like, it looked like a really fun event. Mm-hmm. And my body was like, don't know. And my brain was like, I have to, it's the shift network. Like, how could I <laughs> yeah, say no to them? Right. How could I say no to them? And afterwards I was like, you know, I just, I'm glad I did it. It was a beautiful event. And I spent yesterday into, you know, like two days in bed. Right. So it's interesting to be able to get to that space and go, the no is the no honor the no, for God's sakes, like honor, <laughs> honor yeah, the no. Yeah. Even if the brain can give you the list of all the reasons why it shouldn't be a no to honor mm-hmm. that. And I think that's well, something that we get to, to learn. Like for myself, I tend to say yes to a lot of things. And so like my work is how do I say no earlier and just more cleanly and just let there be space. How do I let there be space? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I think for other people, it's more of how do I say yes 
because their wiring is to say no, to protect or to stay small or to stay mm. comfortable. And so it's actually the opposite of like, how do you say yes more? But it's the same thing. It's it, it, That's great that you're saying that because, you know, sometimes I go, am I saying no? Because I don't, you know, I go into that space, but I, my body knows a no, you know, and, and I, but also, yeah, with yes, how do you step up? honor yourself, honor your power. So you don't say, stay small. I, you know, that's, that's, a, it's the same thing though, right? It's, it's two sides yes. of the coin. Exactly. It's the same thing. And I think that's really good for us to remember. And I love, I love that. that. There's a beautiful book. I've got to remember the book is called the leap. Hmm. Gay Hendricks. By Gay Hendricks. If you haven't read it, it's awesome. Oh, yeah, it Gay, yeah. 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 The leap. So what he talks about is that there's, there's your genius, which is what you're really, what your biggest gift is to yourself and to the world. And there's your competency. And most of us like hanging out in our competency because it's comfortable. And we're really, 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 really good at it. Mm -hmm. And that place of in order to step up into your genius, there has to be a lot of yeses and a lot of noes that are much more conscious. Because again, in your competency, and all of us, I think, navigate towards this of like, oh, I know how to do that. So I'm going to say mm -hmm. yes. And what he's saying is you actually have to start saying no to those things like you just did of like, mm -hmm. this is in my competency. I'm sure Absolutely. whatever it was was in your yep. competency. You would have really enjoyed it. It would have been great. It would have been fulfilling on some level. Mm -hmm. And yet it's not where you're wanting to put your attention. Right, right. It's a big deal. So checking in with yourself on that. Because, you know, I actually wrote about your genius in my book, too. And I, I, I read about um, from that book. I remember now. Right. And the genius is huge. It's such a big deal, because if you're not going towards your genius, you know, you can feel safe in that competency. I mean, I can multitask the hell out of anything. Like I can just jam it out and I can put or, you know, uh, podcasts together. I can put teachings together, but what is it that brings me joy and passion? Like where, where do I want to go? And I want to stay there because I have such a little small slice of pie that I'm doing with, with my work right now that it has to be here. It has to be laser focused, not, you know, scattered the energy. I want to focus on one thing. So I will say an absolute yes. If I'm terrified on something that's deeply transformational right now, yet other things I need to say, no, that feels very, that's a good aha. Thank you for that. <laughs> You're welcome. Yeah, mm -hmm. I just felt I just had this movement to share that. And I'm talking with a lot of people about that right now, because there's a that place of saying yes to things because you can do them. Just because you can do something, this is how just because you can do something doesn't mean you must. It's a big one. Just it's because a big you can one. doesn't mean you must. And why is that so hard for us to make space and not fill it? Right. The whole filling up the space of things to do. Do you know how many books I still want to read? I've got like, I'm still unpacking in my office and I've got, I've got bookshelves coming. So I've got like, I don't know, a thousand books sitting here. I've read a lot of them, but there's a lot of books I want to read. There's a lot of quiet breathing space I want to take. And so I don't want to keep saying I want to, or when I have time, it needs to be now. I think that's really important for all of us to take that space for ourselves. We'll be so much better for ourselves, our families, the planet, and serving others. And getting the support to do that. That's one thing that, that I've seen is that 
community so important, like-minded community in whatever way, online, live, that that reminder and that permission that mm -hmm. we then give each other of, yes, Kelly, go read for a couple hours or whatever, mm -hmm. like whatever you're passionate whatever. about, like go hike, go. And that we're crafting the tools to keep ourselves steady, to get ourselves steady. So there's there are all of these layers of like one, we have to get ourselves steady so that we're in our bodies, so that we're present, so that we're mm -hmm. we have the tools and the capacity to start making the space. And then for those of us that have done 20, 30 years of work to get steady, mm -hmm. then we get to figure out, okay, now how do I take this steadiness and really engage in where I want to put my energy. Right. I love that. It's beautiful. And continuing to re refocus. I think that's another thing. That's, that's something that I, I felt with you is that you've been willing and you're such a good model for this of slowing down get clear about what is it that you want and that, that it changes for all of us. I think it changes for everyone, don't you think? I mean, and we have to keep getting curious, keep constantly being curious about where we want to be every year. I mean, even with Women for One, every couple of years it changed. You know, the first couple of years I was getting stories. The next couple of years I was interviewing powerful people. Then I wrote my book. So it's like it had this transformational feeling to it. And then it's like, where's the juice in it? It hasn't run its course. And that's a hard place for anyone when you've created something like where, where are you now? And just allowing for it to sit for a while. And that it's been a great lesson for me to check in about where I am, where I want to be and how I want to be serving the world. What do you feel like for you is most important right now? We've talked, we've talked around it, but I would just say like, what's, what are you feeling really passionate around for yourself? For myself, I'm feeling passionate <laughs> around, it literally, it brings me to tears watching Eagles every day. I know it's something so esoteric and silly, but it's such a big deal to me. I've got my bird watching book. Bird <laughs> I, mean, I feel like an 80 year old woman, you know, I'm looking at my birds, I'm experiencing them um, being more. And then for my work, it's, doing that deep transformational work with just a few. I, I'm not into the masses as much anymore. I'm, I'm into, not from a therapist, I don't want to be a therapist, but doing that kind of workshop group work with the sisterhood. That's a small committed group of women to support one another because that's where I'm in my jam. That's where I feel like I can be the most of service and the most passionate in my life. And I've done several retreats that way. And that's what brings me joy because I learned so much about myself that I'm sure you do when you do them. Yeah. I see the energetic for you. And you know, it's, it's interesting again for us to, to really stay with what's true for us because you've mm -hmm. had such this like huge reach mm -hmm. and now coming back in. And who knows mm -hmm. what it may be like, and this is it. I'm going to work with women, you know, small groups of women for the rest of my life. And it may be two probably years from now, you're like, probably not, right? But two years from now, you'll be like, going out again. 
Or I want to be a chef. I want to be a chef too. So I've got all kinds of things I want to do. I want to, I want to be a chef. You know, learning about how food is in spirituality, like everything. It's like I. There's so many. I'm so interested in so many things, and I think if we as women could just stay in touch with our joys and our passions, that way it would bring the world more joy because we're so powerful. <laughs> yes. No, and I, I follow a woman who wrote a best-selling book and has been way out in the world. And she just posted, she's like, you know what? I'm really done with this world. I'm going to go work at it as a tour, as a, what was it? She lives up Pacific Northwest someplace. And she's like, I'm just going to go work for this organization that like leads people through. It's like some resort or something that's not spiritual to like awesome. take tourists on hikes or something. Yeah. Like like not in the jam of what she'd been doing. And I read that, I, I got tears. I was like, I love this because yes! how many times <laughs> is there this motion in, in any industry, in any world, you know, whether you're a CEO of a business or you're a mom even, or like anything that you're doing where it's like, well, I'm doing it and I'm, I'm doing it well. So I just have to keep doing it regardless of the toll, regardless if I even like it or not. Um, and, and also with moms, sometimes it's like, well, I'm a mom, so I have to keep being the mom in the same way, even though the kids mm-hmm. are like completely shifted and different. Mm-hmm. There's this momentum that sometimes we get going and to see someone step out of the momentum in such a drastic way and be like, unapologetic. I'm out. I'm, I'm out. out. <laughs> I, love I love that though. It's good to be out. It's good, good to, to shift be- it up. Yeah. Yeah. And to honor that. And I've been laughing sometimes with myself because there's days, it's very infrequent, but there's days where I'm like, you know what? I could just live off my royalties. <laughs> I everything down. I'm out. Live in my cabin and write books. <laughs> and I'll, I'll dream into that. And I'm like, mm, not, not yet. Yeah. And maybe <laughs> never. Not not yet. And maybe never, but there's, there's this also this like relaxation in my body of like, that is a possibility. And I give myself permission. It's like, that's what you want to do. You can do it, girlfriend. But you know, okay. So it's the power of this pause place though, you know, the possibility and pausing because the possibility you're talking about, but the pause for me has been going on a lot longer than I thought it would. Cause I'm usually like, okay, what's next? This pause, and you know, I'm sure there's women and, and people listening, they're like, oh, I have to support myself. I'm not talking about, I'm talking about passion, you know. We all have to do what we need to do to support ourselves. Yet, the power of the pause to allow yourself to feel into where you're going next, I found this time, I'm like so impatient, like, what's next? And so I finally like, you know what, I don't know what the hell's next. So I'm just going to be, I'm going to do what feels right this week. And next week and say no when my body says no. And that's the only thing. It's kind of the baby steps I was talking about before. That's the only way when I got in touch with my intuition in my 30s. Now I'm trying to figure out my passion, my joy, where I want to go through baby steps again. The pausing is big for me. It's huge. And the pause, I mean, part of your pause, which may be forever, hopefully, <laughs> is watching the Eagles. Yeah. <laughs> That's, it's huge. That permission to be in love mm, with, with mm-hmm. what, with nature, with what's around you and to give yourself permission to be immersed in that a hundred percent as your passion. It's awesome. It's like, you don't need to do all the time or be for everyone. 
just be. I'm feeling very esoteric today. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And I'm doing the same thing because I'm planting a gar I'm planting my garden way too early. It's kind of hilarious because I I I think I'm in Texas and I'm in New Mexico and it's totally different oh. growing zones. So I'm like, oh, they're all ready to go into the ground and it just snowed yesterday. I'm like not till May 15th. Like I still have two months until I can plant anything. Um, oh, I love it. I love it. That that reminder of how much I love gardening and being in relationship this and it's been a long time because I've lived on the road for years and mm-hmm. years and years. So there's this gift of just slowing down to talk with my plants and to love on them. That's great. The best. So awesome. It's the best. And I, for all of us, this place of the pause that you're talking about and the listening, there's no right answer. You know, it's not better to be out in the world. It's not better to not be out in the world. But each of us is in a different place and that we just give ourselves permission every day to make a choice. And every day it might be the same choice. This is one of the powerful things I learned about relationships is that if you can have a a relationship, have a beloved that every day you're waking up and choosing them again, it makes Mm -hmm. for a really powerful relationship. Yes, it really does. My husband and I, when we got married, it's been over 10 years now, um, at the wedding, um, the vows were, we will be together for as long as we want to be together. Was it till death do us for? And so, at our ten-year vow renewal with the six children, I said, "You know what? I'm going to give you another ten years. I, I love you so much, and I'm going to choose to be with you every day." But there's a place where it is really nice to have that powerful choice because you know you're you're making that choice daily. Yeah. And when you share your your story around meeting your husband and that, I just love the way that you opened up and let something in that you might normal, not normally have let in. Um, which part I'm like <laughs> trying to think what part um, that? about who he was Yes. in general. Yeah. yeah. So I had been a single mom for five years or so. And one of my dearest friends in that, in that time was dying of um, liver cancer. It was a really intense time. Three little children working all the time taking care of my friend. And I met this man at a board meeting for a nonprofit. We were on the same board and he's this old guy. It's my husband now. Um, he is this old guy who was sitting there and the woman that started the foundation, she's, she's a pretty big wig in Seattle, but she's an ex Microsofter that started this uh, foundation. And she's like, Hey, this big CIO is coming in to be on our board and we have to act like we know what we're doing. So Kelly, you get to orient him to the board and, I was like, oh gosh, another businessman. Oh, I just want to be with a musician because I had been dating a musician, this artist, hippie guy. And um, I met him and he starts flirting with me. I'm like, oh my gosh, you know. And so we met one time for him to give him the board manual and we sat there and we talked for three hours about our children. And I was like, oh God, he's going to ask me out. He's too old for me. I mean, literally like he's a businessman. I don't want to depend on him. And then he asked me out and we went out. I was like, still not my type, but he makes me laugh. I mean, we're talking like a couple months and one of my best friend that was dying, she said, I said, I don't know if he's my type. She goes, well, how's your type been working for you, Cal? I was like, it's not been working for me at all. She's like, well, he makes you laugh. He has money. Oh, oh, well, right. What's wrong with that? I was like, yeah, but I don't want to depend on him. She's like, just let him take you out. So after she passed, um, I fell in love with him completely. 
with my whole heart. And he was there for me more than any person has been there for me. And he's been there for me, like my family ever since. And it's, it's like a, 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 the other part of him is he has three children, the same ages as mine. And we have two Kellys and we have two Jacks. So the universe did conspire for us to be together, even though I resisted it from day one. <laughs> so sometimes you really need to surrender and listen to the universe, I think. <laughs> yeah. And the perfect <laughs> wisdom from your friend. How's that been working for you, Kelly? <laughs> My type was not working for me at all. So I decided to surrender a little. <laughs> it worked. It's, Thank it's you for doing that. Just, I, again, I talked to so many women that have decided this is the partner that I'm looking for. They have to have all of these qualifications. <sighs> they can't have any of these qualifications. Mm -hmm. And same cycle. I did it. Same cycle. Boom, boom, boom. Right. So I just decided to step off that. I didn't need a spiritual hippie. I could deal with a golf golfer uh, businessman that has a heart of gold that, that is better to me than any person on this earth. <laughs> makes me so happy. Just, yeah. It makes me so happy. Yes. And, and that's where I will like, invite us all to ponder is this question of where are we doing something in our lives where we've decided it should be this way or it should look like this and that we're just in this kind of hamster wheel cycle that we could step out of. Yeah, letting go of the shoulds is a big one. It's big. And having the courage to do so. Yes. I am so grateful for you. And um, me too. I love you. Yes. Yeah. Love you, sweetheart. And so last, last things that you want to share, any piece that comes up that you would want to bring forward before we close. I just want to send love to all the, the warrior goddesses out there and all the women that you support and men that you, that you support on your podcast and come check me out at womenforone.com and see what I'm deciding to manifest. <laughs> yeah. To get to see the, the universe of Kelly online, which is yes. so beautiful. Yes. So yeah, women for one, we'll put it in the show notes. Thank you. Yeah. So gratitude. Much. I appreciate it. Gratitude for you, for all you are and all you do, and for the image of watching the eagles. My whole body lights up. Oh, yes, me too. Yes. All right, we'll, we'll end on the eagles. That's perfect. Yes. Yes. <laughs> if you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to like, subscribe, and share it with a fellow warrior goddess. If you felt fully empowered and inspired by what you heard today, we want to know about it. You can share your feedback by leaving a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. We thank you for your support. It's the fastest way to fuel the revolution. To learn more about the Warrior Goddess Revolution and other Warrior Goddess offerings, visit us at www.warriorgoddess.com.